Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> All right, stuff about monsters and kids fighting monsters and, <laughs> and shit, and then it's the goosebumps but, thing, which I I love, man, and which I totally missed. You know, I didn't read any of it though when I was a kid because I'd always go to the store and be like, "Mom, give me a fucking goosebumps book, please." Of course, because I don't talk to my mom that way. Mom, I'm, give me I'm, a fucking goosebumps book. I might be like, "Hey, mom, okay. give me this shit, please." You gotta say please. You know, but I missed it. Yeah, I did. I never fucking read any. Like I had all these books, but I never read them because reading's dumb. I grew up and decided I wanted to start reading. And you decided to start with Goosebumps? No. No, you know, you know what I did? I read H.G. Wells books. Really? Yeah. It's a fair step up from Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, it is. My mom told me about War of the Worlds, and I'm like, oh, that sounds dumb. And she's like, no, dude, it's about. Yeah, because my mom says dude a lot. <laughs> It's about Martians, and they come and they they kill a bunch of people, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, well, I guess I'll read a novel from 1890 or whatever it was. Well, everybody likes killing. Yeah, and then I ended up reading his most of his sci-fi catalog that I could find in the high school library. Do you recall a story called The Truth About Piecraft? Is that a H.G. Wells thing? It's a short story by oh, H.G. Wells. No, we didn't have that in my library. <laughs> it's all about euphemisms, and it's and, and it's this guy who wishes to lose weight. He's a fat man, and he wishes to lose weight, and so he starts to become lighter and lighter and lighter, but he doesn't become any thinner. He just becomes lighter until he starts to float away, and he ends up having to wear, having to carry bricks around in his pockets to keep him on the ground the fuck? all right that's because cool. he chose the euphemism lose weight over lose fat choosing your words is very important when making a wish it certainly is <laughs> the only thing i can think of a, to segue right into what we were talking about is the conflict between hg wells and jules verne because jules verne hated hg wells because hg wells made up too much shit and jules verne is like well i'm a fucking real scientist why can't you just like why can't you use a real element in your first men in the moon book instead of making one up because jules verne was a pretentious douche and hg wells probably wasn't much better but his his books were more interesting <laughs> so anyways this is sharks across hollywood that might have been a weird little intro to this <laughs> the, the, sci-fi novels and horror novels have nothing to fucking do with what we're talking about today that is for fucking sure well okay halfway halfway hang on we'll get there though but yeah sharks across hollywood and today we're going to talk about Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which is one of my favorite movies. And I told him we were doing it and I got really excited. And he told me that I'm paraphrasing. Nobody should be that excited about Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in fairness, uh, I had confused this in my mind with the Ben Stiller movie, The Heartbreak Kid. Which is not good. No, no. not not very entertaining at all. This is actually a, a far superior movie, I have to say. And I only realized about halfway through that I had confused them when Carlos Mencia didn't show up on the beach. Yeah, I remember seeing The Heartbreak Kid once, and I don't remember anything about it except for me thinking, okay, so Maylin Ackerman is going to get naked again because she's naked in everything. <laughs> She was, she was not naked in a movie called Happy Thank You More Please, which was directed and written by Josh Radner, the guy from Played Ted and How I Met Your Mother. Strangely, she was also not naked in The Final Girls. Which is a horror movie. Which is a horror movie in which she literally does a striptease in order to lure the killer out 
but they were trying to get away with a PG-13 rating, so no no boobies. PG-13 horror sort of works. It's actually sometimes. a pretty good movie. I know. It, uh, I, I actually have it. I was going through my notes and like deleting shit, and I, that that was on one of my notes because I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, it's, it's a goodie, but yeah, no boobies. That's a bummer. We, yeah, oh, it's a major bummer. There's no boobs in this movie either. Oh, there, no, there's what? a couple boobs. Did you watch the theatrical or the unrated? I don't know. I watched whatever was on Netflix. Okay, I, so. I, I I don't recall seeing any boobs, but I recall seeing a lot of dick. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that Jason Siegel really likes getting naked. And kudos to him. If I had a unit like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind getting naked either. No, his dick is huge, I'd isn't it? I want to show it off. Holy shit. And I fucking love Jason Siegel, and this is like, he wrote this movie. Yeah. And he wrote I Love You Man and The Five-Year Engagement. Yeah. And there are three movies that I love, just kind of part of a weird unofficial trilogy for me. And he also wrote Sex Tape. Did he write Get Him to the Greek? He did not. Because my understanding is that's about... It, it is like a spin-off same, sequel. That's the same yeah. character, Russell Brand's yep. character from Funny. this. He has a writing credit, but it's just for the characters. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I was talking about it with my son in about, in about 15 minutes into the movie, I believe, when he's gone through nailing a string of gorgeous women in one night stands. We're just like, did he write this movie or something? Because in what universe does Jason Siegel get to nail all these gorgeous women? He's always <laughs> playing a guy like that. One after another. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you, man. He writes himself as a character like that who goes after the, the divorcees because he doesn't want a relationship. But he shows up at Paul Rudd's open house and he's like, well, there's a there's an open house somewhere else that promises to re- be replete with cougars. So I'm going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love Jason Segel to death. This fucking guy does not make enough movies. I I, I agree with you. I, um, I, I really couldn't stand him. And I, I think we may have discussed this before, but or maybe it was just in private. I can't recall. But I, I really couldn't stand him after I watched him in Knocked Up. Then only later did I realize that's because he's a really good actor and just nailed that douchebag character so well that yes. <laughs> I didn't realize... I. Because I just assumed he was like every other actor in that movie and just not very good. They were all new, I guess. And a lot of those actors show up in this movie, too. But it, yeah. it's a Judd Apatow production. Yeah. But no, he, he actually is a really good actor. And, and of course, the moment that sealed the deal for me was when I saw him in uh, SLC Punk, of course. Because yes. his character in SLC Punk is fantastic. And I think that was his first feature that he did, too. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's good. He kind of popped up. In my in my childhood, a couple times on he was in Dead Man on Campus. Oh, was just, he? And just a few random movies, and then <laughs> and then he was on that uh, Freaks and Geeks show that I have not watched yet. But oh I know, yeah, I know I need to at some point because yeah. everybody who we watch in movies now is pretty much in that show. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I had a thought just now, but I I just let it go. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Can't remember. What I will. My I will was. say uh, to our listeners. I may have said this before, or you may have said this before, but if you haven't seen SLC Punk, you should go out and see it right now. You should absolutely go out and see it. criminally underseen movie. And if you want the DVD, it is $75, because I'm pretty sure it's out of print. No shit. Yeah, I tried oh, to look man. for a Blu-ray to, to upgrade. Yeah. It does not exist. God, that sucks. James Marandino needs to get on that shit. We brought Surge back. Let's get a fucking SLC Punk DVD, a Blu-ray, you know? <laughs> Surge. Surge left Spokane, by the way. I can't find it anywhere anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe it left. Maybe it left entirely. It was never terribly good. Well, because now, I just saw I the surge movement is on my Facebook. Oh, really? And it just showed a picture. Oh, hey, this place in North Dakota has like twelve people in it, but they have surge here. <laughs> Fuck you guys. It wasn't good, but it's a no, nice little throwback. It was, it was a. It was really cheap though. You could get it for ninety nine cents a six pack back in ninety eight or ninety seven. Which fucking love the nineties. <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall's old as fuck too. It's almost, it's ten years old now. 
Is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did. I didn't. I didn't look at the date. I I did have a lot more fun watching this than I thought I was going to be. Primarily because it wasn't the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, which, if you feel like going out and watching the Heartbreak Kid, just don't. Just do it. like <laughs> eat a bag of 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 stale donuts. It'll give you the same feeling. There are better Ben Stiller movies out there. Yeah. Not Meet the Parents. I don't like Meet the Parents. I like Meet the Parents. I, I actually I, I actually thought Meet the Parents was pretty good. Um, the sequels kind of kind of got shitty. I had gotten married right before Meet the Parents came out. <laughs> you could relate then, huh? It was very, very accurate. Glad I never took that leap, says the guy who's living in a house with two children and a girlfriend. <laughs> and we have two dogs and a cat. Meanwhile, oh, I'm I'm over here happily divorced. Well, divorced. I don't know about happy. Happy about the divorce, well, just not happy about the rest. <laughs> okay, and I was actually going to bring something like that up. So the first time I saw this movie was it like a year or two after it came out, uh-huh. and I had I was I was in my my pretentious like I don't like dumb movies. Comedies are just dumb. Dumb <laughs> comedies are just dumb. And I was really into like dramas and romantic shit because uh-huh. I had I was a dumbass. <laughs> I guess it's okay. There's nothing wrong with liking dramas and romantic movies, you know. Well, now looking back, I'm like, I just want to watch fun movies. I just want to have fun and giggle (laughs) and laugh, and I don't want to take anything so seriously. I watched Two Lovers with Joaquin Phoenix in it, and just you know, yeah. This movie came. Were you inspired by uh, I'm Still Here to watch Two Lovers? No, I I I didn't watch it recently. Because I believe that was that was the movie he was probably. It was. It was. And it's funny because it's funny we. I saw that in there and I'm like, oh fuck, I rented that movie. And I think <laughs> the girl at Hastings fucking fell in love with me for like a second and then she never paid attention to me ever again after that. <laughs> I saw, I, I had, I can't remember what other movies, but I had two lovers and a couple other kind of romantic drama types. And she just looks up and gives me these like, oh, puppy dog eyes. And I'm like, right on. She's cute too. And then I leave and then I'm there anyways. So I return the movies and then I'm like, okay. I'm going to try to go to that cashier. I was recently single at this point, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to try to go to that cashier again. I'm going to get some more romantic movies. I'm going to, I'm going to see, I'm going to try this social experiment again, see if it works. Didn't work. She didn't give a shit. I'm like, well, fine. Fuck you then. So never mind. That actually brings us to an interesting point about this movie. I have to wonder how bad, how bad things got for women in the service industry after this movie and Mila Kunis's character falls in is flirting with the guy at the desk and then he hits on her and she falls in love with him. I mean, things were already bad for women in the service industry having to deal with guys mistaking courtesy for flirting. So yeah, like I wonder what the, it would be interesting to see what that spike looked like after this movie came out and was, and was relatively popular. Probably, probably pretty rough (laughs) on some women working hotels when they have to be just fucking nice. Yeah. Like like the 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 big black dude can't remember his name but he's like I bet you think strippers like you too it's a lot of a lot of that yeah kind of no stuff. he has he has the and honestly it disappointed me that it then continued with them falling in love at the end of the movie I I felt like uh the better the better story turn would have been for that guy to have been right the whole time and for him to just get shit on in the oh end. that's a different movie though that's a different movie that this is this is the one where you know you want to see him happy because he's kind of a dumbass but he's also a decent person yeah but at the same time that doesn't mean shit in the real world you know like i'd like i'd like to see that movie i would like to see that movie where he gets his hopes and dreams all all jacked up and 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 on fire and then yep she just 
doesn't want it. She's just been being polite to him this whole time because that's what she's really doing. She's just being polite. By the way, no discredit to her. She should only be polite to this guy. She doesn't know who the fuck this guy is. Being polite is like what she was already doing was above and beyond. Just letting him stay (laughs) at the hotel when they're booked up. Like, fuck. What more can you ask for, you greedy sack of shit? Well, that's kind of that's kind of the plot turn in spoiler alert. Not really a spoiler alert. You can kind of you can see it coming. Uh Paper Towns. Damn it, I haven't watched that yet. You son of a bitch. Never mind. Pretend you'll forget. You'll forget. Well, now I want to watch it. It's really good. <laughs> it's got the the main actor in Paper Towns is like the older brother in Hereditary. See, you talked about two movies I haven't seen. <laughs> I still haven't seen Hereditary. Spoiler alert, he is in Hereditary. Damn it! You're ruining <laughs> movies left and right. Surprise! I yeah. will I, I will say I got um since I'm over here cheering against Jason Siegel's character, <laughs> I actually had a little a little instant karma moment while watching this movie because the whole movie I'm kind of thinking this, and then I'm la- you know I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying Jason Siegel shitting all over himself and you know fucking things up and whatnot. I I'm I'm getting a real kick out of this the whole time, and so I'm walking I'm walking away from this movie. Ha ha ha! I go to the bathroom because uh, it's right before bed, you know, and and so I go in and I and I go to the bathroom and I'm and I'm flipping through my phone. There I bring up Instagram and I don't follow this woman anymore there on Instagram. But another person I follow met her randomly at a street fair yesterday and took a picture of her and I was like, "Oh fuck, it was that girl I went out with a couple of times a few weeks ago that I was telling you about last week." And <laughs> oh. I, my heart just started crying as soon as I saw her and I was like, "Oh fuck me. This is like this is an instant turnaround." <laughs> you just feel like you feel like fucking stabbing yourself on the heart. I just felt like the biggest asshole in the world at that moment and I was like, "I deserve this. I it deserve is, this." It is funny because the first time I saw this movie, <laughs> I was I was these I was a guy like that. I was I was dealing with a breakup that I shouldn't have been dealing with like that because I look back on it now and I'm like she is fucking nuts. She is an awful <laughs> shitty human being and I'm not exaggerating. I do not talk about all my ex-girlfriends that way, but this one was the fucking worst person <laughs> ever. But she she fucked me up for a while and it was it was like that. So I I, I watched this movie like 500 days of summer. Uh, high fidelity. Oh my god! All, what, were you just torturing yourself? Not on purpose. Like, I just—it <laughs> was just kind of all at the same time, on accident. All those movies, just by coincidence. And now, like the only Five Hundred Days of Summer is still a really good movie. It's it's nice looking. It's well directed. It's well acted. But I want to punch that fucking guy in the face. <laughs> His character is just such a dipshit. <laughs> like, and I, I used to, I used to agree with him and be like, yeah, no, I get it. He's he's in he's on the he's in the right. He's not. He's not in the right. He has a few good points, but mostly he's wrong. Okay, spo- don't be that guy. You phrased that all just right because you didn't <laughs> spoil anything for me. I just bought Five Hundred Days of Summer like three days ago and haven't watched it yet. And I still love the fucking movie because I love so I love good. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So yes. any anything Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the soundtrack of that movie is amazing. I've had the soundtrack for a long time. It's a great fucking soundtrack. But yeah, I've never actually watched the movie. And yes, and like three days ago, I found it just randomly in a pawn shop and picked it up and yes. I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. Cause it's never on any streaming service. No, I know it's, it's very good though. So I won't tell you anything about that, but it's, you will, you'll be fucking looking at him and just going, <laughs> this motherfucker grow up. Ugh. But like five years ago I watched it and I'm like, yeah, no, no, he's right. It, it's true. It's real. And then now I'm 30 and I'm not 25 anymore and stupid. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh fuck this guy. He, you insufferable dipshit. Just, ugh. but 
at least I hate being <laughs> I hate being accurately cynical. I know the old the old sensible person now, right? I fucking hate it, man. It's the worst. I am on Jason Siegel's character side in this though. <laughs> like he does I, he does some stupid shit, but she is a bitch. No, she no. Definitely. <laughs> like she's 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 fully in the wrong. She's been cheating on him for a year. I'm sorry. There's no way around that being fucked up. Like uh, like if you're in a polyamorous relationship, that's fine if everything's on the table, mm-hmm. if everybody's on the up and up and nobody's lying to each other. I don't have a problem with that. But no, if you're not if you're not being open about that stuff, no, you're you're an asshole and and you're and you're treating the other person really shitty, you know? That doesn't that doesn't mean you're unredeemable or anything, but it's a shitty thing to do and yeah, like my sympathies at no point during this movie could be with her. She could have had redemption, but she tried to flip the whole thing around on him, which was annoying. Like, oh, the reason is because I tried all this stuff and you just wouldn't listen, blah, which may be true. Well, at the, sa- at the same time, I feel like that was a good moment because it, it made it clear that, because the truth is no relationship ends because of, of just one, one person. person. Yes. It doesn't happen. It's it's just, I mean, un- uh, no, I mean, it just doesn't happen. And so, yeah, it was good. it was good that there was that moment of, of reality for him where he had to realize his culpability in the dissolution of the relationship at the same time, fuck her for cheating on her. Yeah. And, and that, flip that's to, shitty. And that's annoying to have that stuff flipped around where she was, she was right. And he, he had a nice reflective moment, but then he did, he, he did stuff about it though. Eventually once once everything fucking came crashing down, it got him <laughs> motivated. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I kind of feel I kind of feel like as much as as I said you know yeah you you you're on Jason Siegel's side I mean he is the main character but uh, <laughs> but at this at the same time the whole scene where he suddenly gets super motivated towards the end and and fulfills his dream and then well I I have all right fan theory time yes I don't even have one <laughs> um you 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 like fan theories so here you go Mila Kunis's character. Seek the secret of this movie is that the relationship is never going to work out because Mila Kunis's character is only motivated by his success in her attraction to him. Because if you'll notice, the whole time she's just being exactly what the bartender says. She's just being friendly. She's just being platonic. He tries to kiss her in the car and she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that, you know. But on that date, he reveals to her that he is, he writes, he writes music for a very successful TV show, or at least what's perceived as successful at the time, even though it ends up getting canceled. Yep, right. The perception is success, right? Then she has a little time to ruminate on it, and then she decides, you know what? I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna give this guy a chance, you know? And then he screws up, which admittedly, you know, that whole that whole thing probably would screw any relationship. It's you only know. ten to fifteen seconds of oral sex. <laughs> But then, when does she reconsider? When she gets the invite to his play, which shows that he has turned things around, and now he's a success again. And then she reconsiders and and falls in his arms when his play goes off and is a big hit. So the gist of it is Mila Kunis is full of shit, and she's going to end up leaving him in the end. It's not going to work out. The love will not be eternal. It will be as eternal as Dracula's illusion (laughs) of immortality, because Dracula, in the end, dies. Oh, shit. You just ruined this movie for a, for a thousand fucking hopeless romantics, and now they're just hopeless. Uh, incidentally, that was the last song I listened to on my ride over, The Bouncing Souls. Hopeless, hopeless romantic. Fuck, yes. Okay, good. Wow. This is like fate here. 
I do. So there you go. That's my fan theory. <laughs> I do like the ending of the movie because it's really sweet and also funny because she walks in and he's all naked and <laughs> he he just loves being fucking naked. Yeah. He's he's definitely got an exhibitionist streak. Strong exhibitionist streak. And when he's naked at the beginning, if 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 you ever hear the commentary track, somebody asks him like, "How'd you make that slapping sound?" and he's like, "I slapped my penis up against my leg." <laughs> <laughs> That that always made me laugh because I'm like, how did they do it? Did they do it? <laughs> did they do it like I do when I'm when I'm trying to make like like fapping sounds and like smack my hand and my arm against my belly? <laughs> don't know if anybody could hear that. I don't want to stand up and I don't want to move the microphone. So you know, the... well, of course, of course, I'm a big fan of uh, of. Uh... Oh yeah, that one. He's wiggling his fucking cheek with his <laughs> fingers. There you go. But I feel like that that's more the weasel, the Polly Shore weasel sound. Well, no, that's a that's a pretty accurate fapping sound oh, if you, yeah. if 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 you're if you're uh, if you're all lubed up properly. That's a spermy sound. Oh, speaking of sperm, the fucking joke where he's a uh, or Bill Hader's on the webcam and he's like he's like Liz, get get into the microphone more. Nope, nope, nope. No, go back up, a little bit. Down. No, closer, further away. He's like <laughs> that, that's a nice necklace. Did you have that before? <laughs> And he's like, oh, that's gross. And I love fucking Bill Hader just in general. But in this movie in particular, he's really funny. So I, I watched this movie with my son. And on that particular part, <laughs> on that particular part, my son's 18 years old. So, you know, I'm not I'm not a total creep. On that particular part, he says, oh, nice necklace. Did you have that when you started? I died laughing. And my son just looks over at me and goes, what does that mean? And I, <laughs> <laughs> You had to laugh harder. Because yeah. now, you, now you have to have an awkward conversation with your kid. Fortunately, the movie continued, and I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't get into a discussion about pearl necklaces. Just be like nothing. Uh, when a when a when a woman uh, gives you a blowjob, you buy her a pearl necklace. <laughs> there you go. Every time. So, if, <laughs> so if you plan on it happening a lot, you'd better just have a fucking drawer full of them. <laughs> and then he'll then he'll go to college, and everybody will be like, oh, "I gave a girl a pearl necklace." I'm like, well, he's like, "Well, that's nice of you, man. That's, you're, you're, you're following the rules." And everyone, like, what the fuck are you talking about, you're man? A class act. <laughs> I shot my load on her face, and it kind of dripped on her neck. There, there you go. And he's like, "What? That's not what my dad told me." <laughs> and then he and then he calls you, and he's like, "A girl asked me for a pearl necklace, and I didn't have it on me, so I lo- I, I I can't think of anything else to say." You started strong. Don't. Don't come on a girl's face unless she asks. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a, an affirmative consent situation, and it's okay as just, most are. Uh, head back, eyes closed, mouth open. It'll be fine. <laughs> Hi, mom. I don't know. Never done. That's that's <laughs> one thing I've never done. Never come on a woman's face. You're not living, man. No. Matthew McConaughey style. L i v i n. Right. <laughs> we did a Matthew McConaughey movie last week. Yep. He was not that Matthew McConaughey though. <laughs> that was that, that was one of Matthew's Matthew McConaughey's more serious efforts. And you like kind of want to see him do that, but you also want to see him act like an idiot and be weird. All right, all right, all right. And pervy, because <laughs> Dazed and Confused is one of the best movies ever. That's like my son. He, he his character in that movie is like was my son's hero for a while there. <laughs> Tell him like, to pick don't, better heroes. Don't don't make that guy your hero, son. He's he's not heroic material. Maybe a. Maybe maybe adopt his laid back attitude, but don't adopt his philosophy on dating and sex. <laughs> I, I think he wanted to put that as his as his high school graduation quote, and they wouldn't let him. 
God, I'm glad. <laughs> Jesus. The line I, for, for our li- for our listeners who are wondering uh, the line the line about that's what I love about high school girls. I get older and they stay the same age. <laughs> In case anybody wasn't clear on that one. Do you think anybody listening to this is fucking young enough to have never seen that movie? I don't know. There's probably like some 12-year-old or 6-year-old out there who just, you know, like loves podcasts or something. I don't know. Podcast maybe podcasts are going to be the next big 7-year-old thing. I don't know. <laughs> I never know. I never know. They're into weird shit these days. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of those weird movies that my parents would have brought home in the early 90s that I would have tried to watch all the time. <laughs> Because it's fun and weird, and I could see like kids actually enjoying some of it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's I, it's, yeah. it's silly enough. Yeah. That uh, that there's definitely something kids could could have. It, it's like the, um, well, I mean, you know, this is a terrible comparison. It's got the but, guy from the fucking Muppet movie in it. But like it, like <laughs> like for example, uh, I used to love the Police Academy movies as a kid, and uh, you know, they're just raunchy sex comedies right. basically. But they were they were very silly, and this is very silly. And the silliness is appealing to everybody. I would I, not everybody. Some people are no fun. I will say though, this movie <laughs> does suffer from a distinct lack of Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh right, because he's in the Police Academy movies. It took me a second. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> he came around. Our listeners are like, "Who the fuck is Bobcat?" <laughs> uh, you know that you know that fat little little demon guy in the Hercules cartoon. That's that's Bobcat Goldthwait. Have you seen? Wait, was have, he a little fat one? Have you seen some of his? Re- no, that's Danny DeVito. No, no, that's that that that's the that's the centaur minotaur guy the or whatever. Sater. Yeah, Sater. Thank you. You've you've been reading Percy Jackson. Uh, <laughs> no, the Hades has two little two oh. little demon henchmen. Oh, did Bobcat play one of them? Yeah, I haven't seen Hercules since <laughs> it was in the theater. I, I saw it in the theater when it was new. Oh wow! And that was the last time I saw it. I did not see it in the theater but Michael Bolton was the fucking man for a while. <laughs> but to answer the question that I think you were going to ask, no, I have not seen any of his most recent movies, like Wolf, the, the fucking werewolf one, or Bigfoot, the Bigfoot one. Bigfoot one, Willow Creek. Yes. that is a, Willow Creek is really good. Uh, God Bless America, World's Greatest Dad, Sleeping Dogs Lie. He was on the Nerdist. All of, the, all of those are excellent movies, uh, and, I, yes. and I highly recommend them. He was on the Nerdist podcast. Uh, right after Robin Williams died, oh, was he? So I so I listened to that and it made me sad. Yeah, I was like yeah. But he talked about a bunch of his movies and how he directed. I can't remember. It was a late night talk show that Nickelback happened to be on. Oh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. He directed a lot of Jimmy okay, Kimmel. Okay, actually, and yeah. apparently, <laughs> uh, Chad Kroger from Nickelback didn't want like. A, he wanted to make sure that there was no close up on his face because he doesn't like his nose. Really? So of course, Bobcat Goldthwait, being who he is. <laughs> said that he fucking zoomed in on his nose because of course he did why wouldn't he do that <laughs> oh that is oh, why Bobcat. we have people like him around he, he talked about a bunch of shit that him and robin williams used to pull on crowds that were being shitty and stuff and it was just, it was good stuff i recommend listening to that robin williams performance in world's greatest dad is one of williams best performances and it's and it's a very very little scene movie it's and i my- i understand why the subject matter is really disturbing uh can be anyway it's on my netflix queue though um, but I, it's one of my favorite movies. I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you love Robin Williams, if you love good movies, and if you love very dark, I mean, <laughs> pitch black 
comedies, it's fucking hilarious. I, I laugh uncontrollably and cry. Also, it's one of those movies. You laugh and you feel kind of bad for laughing, don't you? No, bit, I feel no? great for laughing. Okay. It, but then I, but then during the really during the sincere parts, I like legitimately am affected by it. That's good. I I like movies like that. There need we need more of those. Oh, Robin yes, Williams. I think I think Bobcat Goldthwaite <laughs> should direct more movies with Robin Williams starring in them. That is hard to do. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a little more difficult. Now. Yeah. They're all going, Robin Williams, you... No, uh, uh, I'm one more factoid about that movie. Uh, Robin Williams and Bobcat were friends, of course, Mm -hmm. and Bobcat was trying to get funding for the movie, and he had told Robin about his struggles. And Robin said, well, let me read the script. Maybe I can maybe I can play one of the characters, you know, like a, play a side character or something like that and help you get some funding. And uh, he read it and was like, I have to play the main character. He, was, he just demanded to be the star of the movie. And that's probably what got it greenlit in the first place. That's, uh, for yeah. sure. Because it, it is not the kind of movie that gets greenlit. <laughs> no, there, there's a reason that didn't show up in theaters nationwide. Yeah. Because I... I don't know. I watched the YouTube video and they said, oh, this is not the comedy you think it is. It's pretty, pretty dark. No, it's extraordinarily dark, but in the best possible way. Forgetting Sarah Marshall's a comedy. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a comedy and it's a damn good one. <laughs> I, I have, I have to say it, it's, I, I apologize. I apologize for, uh, for my, my early pre-watch criticism. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody should be that excited about that movie. <laughs> and I responded with fuck you. I love that movie. <laughs> and I really really do. And it's just one of those and you know Kristen Bell's hot Mila Kunis is gorgeous. Kristen Bell. Oh my god. That's her name. I couldn't think of it last night. As I was watching the movie, I was like, "What the fuck is her name?" I watch The Good Place all the time. Like Oh yeah. I, I it's it's one of my favorite shows on TV. I still can't, I still, I couldn't, I totally blanked on her name. I swear to God, man, if I, if, if I start, if, if I start getting Alzheimer's and I can feel it coming on, I'm walking into the woods naked with a strip steak tied around my neck and a buck knife in my hand <laughs> and I'm going to die fighting a fucking grizzly bear. On that note, can we talk about Russell Brand? Because oh, holy let's. fucking shit. Okay. So <laughs> right before or right around the time this movie came out. Russell Brand was fucking everywhere. Oh, and yeah. I had never heard of him before. He's like, they're like, oh, he's going to host the MTV whatever awards and he's going to do this and this and he's in this fucking movie. And I'm like, who is this fucking guy? Who is this dude? I have no idea who he is. And then I watched the movie and I'm like, okay, he's funny, but still, who the hell is he? And then I, I yeah. actually went through a period at that exact time you're talking about where I wrote him off completely just because he was everywhere. I was, I, that, which is part of the reason I wrote this movie off mm-hmm. initially. I wrote off get him to the Greek, it, anything Russell Brand was in, I wanted nothing to do with just because he was everywhere at the time. And then I actually watched some of his stuff and realized, oh shit, he's actually really fucking funny. He is funny. I watched one of his stand-up specials and he was he was pretty good. But the weird thing about this, I thought I was going to talk about Russell Brand more, but I, I guess I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck. That was a hard left. <laughs> it was. So when this movie came out, I never saw it. But by the time I did watch it, I had a friend who was like, you know, you wouldn't like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's too slapsticky, too stupid. But you know what movie you would like? Grown Ups. What the fuck? And I watched Grown Ups and I'm like, that Ugh. was that was a god awful piece of shit. And then I watched I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I'm like, though wait, that was a good movie. Why did you make me watch that movie? You know I don't like that shit over there. But So when either this what? friend was trolling you or this friend is someone you should never take movie recommendations from in the future. I'm gonna go with that. But you know what? She uh she's the friend who got me set up with the with the film production company back in Montana. 
I'm not saying not a good friend. I'm <laughs> saying not a good friend to get movie recommendations from. Well, you know, she was a good friend, if you know what I mean. <laughs> For like, like twice. I don't remember. Nice. Yeah. The only issue is she's hotter now than she was then, so that just irritates <laughs> me. Yeah, that's fucking ag- agonizing, man. I hate that. I have, a, I have a couple of friends like that. Not friends I've nailed, unfortunately. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't mind. I got around. I, I did. I got around way too much. And if you see me, you'd be like, how? <laughs> so, okay, that leads me That leads me to a question. Do you have a, a, go, a friend who is your go-to for movie recommendations, who you know unequivocally if they recommend a movie, you got to see it? No. You. I do. <laughs> you're, you're it. <laughs> I oh I thought you were asking if I have one. No, you're you are the only person who like I'll, I'll every once in a while I'll I'll hear a recommendation from somebody and they'll be like they'll you know they'll tell me a movie and I'll be like no that sounds cool and then I'll watch and either it's okay or it sucks and I'm like I'm never taking advice from this person again. <laughs> I'm like give me give me something good man fuck. No I'm 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 very lucky in that I I have my brother if my if if my brother my the eldest of all my younger bro- I I only have younger brothers I'm the oldest but uh the oldest of my younger brothers why the fuck do I have to keep saying that over and over again <laughs> my oldest brother cuz we're all shutting down it's hot up here uh <laughs> my oldest brother if he he has never steered me wrong once like he he's gotten more excited than I would have about a couple of movies, but that's a, that's the that's the biggest criticism I can give his recommendations is he's gotten more excited about a movie I thought was good than I would have if I were telling someone about it. Yeah, even even most of the people that I worked with doing all those short films and that one feature that we did, the director would not shut his fucking mouth about The Ring and The Grudge, and I'm like, fine, but do you ever watch like? other movies good movies like I, I i don't know like the american remakes of all those korean and japanese movies aren't really oscar worthy are they <laughs> but that those are the only two movies i ever fucking heard him talk about like every time because he was making a horror movie so he's like okay every time every every time something happened he'd be like okay it's just like the grudge i'm like shut up <laughs> having a and there was there there's been a lot of talk for like years it's been like eight years since we were worked on oh, it. oh so it's, it's been never coming out then probably not he said that sci-fi was interested in buying it but he had to reshoot it with different oh. actors and stuff and i'm just like okay i'm i might be a petty douche but i'd say sorry friends i'm gonna go make my movie with sci-fi <laughs> dude if, if the movie's not good enough for sci-fi it's not good enough that's what i was trying to avoid saying <laughs> All right, I'll say it. I'll be the asshole. Because I've seen if it. You, if you had to reshoot, if you if sci-fi looked at your movie and was like, yeah, we can't we can't handle that. Uh, it's a piece of shit because sci-fi specializes in pieces of shit. And at uh, least they make entertaining pieces. No, of they shit. Ma- yeah, it, and they they know they know the the minimum bar for entertaining pieces of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like it's a good idea. The movie has a good idea. But he's ve- the dude who made it is very afraid to pull the trigger and make it. He will not push it to its limit. Like he wants to make PG thirteen horror movies. So he's a coward, is what you're saying? As oh God, auteur. yes. And I would, I would swear on set. Like I'd be working sound, and I'd be like, "Oh fuck, I tripped over something." He's like, "Mr. Miller, stop swearing." I'm like, "Oh fuck you, <laughs> God damn it, I couldn't do it." Yeah, just, just be like, "Oh fuck, man, I'm so, I, I'm so, I'm so sorry." Shit, I, oh God damn it, I didn't go back. After Son that. of a bitch. Yeah, I I rarely worked with them again after that. I'm just like, this is too much. I thought making movies was supposed to be fun. It's all boring as fuck, by the way. So if you're ever on a movie set, be prepared to fucking be 
bored out of your mind for like most of the time. Making movies is fun when you're involved in the actual crafting of what's happening. Yes. If you're just there in a support capacity, it can be really dry. If you are holding a microphone, you will die, Pretty which much. I was yeah. <laughs> for almost the whole time. Ugh. Did we, you get paid for it? No. God damn it. But I got to hang out with a Johnny Depp impersonator. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah. He looks a lot like Johnny Depp. Not as good of an actor, but nice was guy. it the was it the Johnny Depp impersonator from Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie? You haven't seen Tim and Eric's billion, or Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, have? I don't know who it was, but he 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 looks great in that he's so clearly not Johnny Depp, but he's so clearly impersonating Johnny Depp. This guy looks a lot like Johnny Depp. Like he he, he could go out on the street and kind of get with, confused with yeah with or, a with, with with a few tweaks. The dude is Johnny Depp. And wow. He, yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of crazy. There was also a Jennifer Aniston impersonator in the movie. So essentially, what the dude was doing. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. And the the people those two that were supposed to be professional actors were not as good as the one amateur actor who is fucking great and needs it to be in movies. <laughs> But she still lives in Montana, so it's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> and she, she is, she's hot as fuck, and she's a great actress. Like, but do you still have her number? That's the question. I think she's on my Facebook. <laughs> I don't talk to any of these fucking people anymore. Where the fuck was I going? If with you're this? gonna ca- <laughs> if you're gonna cast a movie, if you're gonna cast a movie with star impersonators, why not just why not just go these the 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 extra twelve feet and hire like an 80s child star or something like that like do this that's what that's why like i'm saying like like uh sci-fi and uh also the the asylum production studio the asylum let's just put debbie gibson in a movie exactly fucking (laughs) mega shark versus uh versus giant octopus starring debbie gibson and lorenzo llamas that movie was the shit man and like you know it makes sense you don't have to pay him that much yeah and and they'll do it Exactly, you can pay him scale or whatever, you know, like like, and you get an, you get a recognizable name and face on your on your product. Plus, and, plus, places like Sci-Fi and the Asylum have have made doing that palatable to mm-hmm. the point where if I see that, if I see the Debbie Gibson or Tiffany or <laughs> someone like that is in a movie, I will definitely rent it at least. And they can, they, you can have an actual career doing that. You're not going to be a movie star, quote unquote, and you're not going to be super rich, but you can make a decent living making yeah. making shitty movies. Yeah. And I fucking love shitty movies. So there you go. There's there's an audience There's out a there. huge audience for shitty movies, man. But yeah, the dude was just banking on like, People are going to see the cover, and they're going to think it's Johnny Depp. I'm like, okay, he doesn't look that much like Johnny Depp. People are going to know they're not fucking stupid. Jonathan Depp. <laughs> yeah, some people, but but he was convinced. He's like, and what is the audience? And then he had us all say, stupid. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Oh, my God. Like, the audience that I'd make a movie for is definitely not the audience that you're making a movie for. That's Yeah, that's like the that's like the take advantage audience. Yeah. Like, I'm the I'm the audience that I'd make a movie for. Yeah, me too. Like admittedly. Yeah. Though though I will I will confess that the audience of me's out there is probably not not a big a big dollar amount. No, but they'll appreciate you more. If nothing else, if you're making if you're if if you're telling stories that you believe in, at least the people who share your perspective will always be able to respect you for it. Yes. There, there's a couple, there's a Canadian horror filmmaker that I really want to do some movies by. His name is Morris Devereaux. And what has Morris Devereaux made? There's a movie called Slashers. Uh, it, it's like a reality show in Japan. Yeah, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And it's like shot like live, 
looking uh-huh. like it looks like an actual reality show and these people go and they get fucking actually murdered by the slashers <laughs> in the slasher thing and if they make it out or kill a slasher they get extra money you know <laughs> so it's the running man basically yeah kind of it's nuts it's not like good but it's intriguing <laughs> and then he made one called end of the line which actually scared the shit out of me the first time i watched it it's really? probably not the, watching it the second time it's all shock yeah because it's, it's really fucked up like really fucked up and the, I, I mean, gotta check out some i gotta ch- check out some of this morris whatever his morris devereaux i have Devereux. i have end of the line that, that that's as far as i made it but slashers is on dvd and vhs if you're into it no kidding yeah that's that's awesome that's a that's a, that's a niche market that i i don't know like from a logical perspective, I can wrap my head around it. It's not that I can't, because the idea is it it's catering to a generation that grew up with VHS around the house. Mm-hmm. VHS was the, you know, it was like the thing. They were always around. They grew up with them. They had VHS, and now they get nostalgic for VHSs. But I also grew up with VHSs, and the technology is not good. It is not good. It is not a pleasant <laughs> movie watching experience. Like it's kind of fun to go back and look at it, but then then you're like, I'm gonna go watch this on DVD instead. Yeah. <laughs> like if I owned a movie on VHS, it would be for the box art, and that's it. I would I would then immediately proceed to get the movie on either Laserdisc or DVD. Well, this movie came out when when VHS was a thing. So, oh, did yeah, it? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, like, see, I thought you I thought you were saying it was one of those mark it was one of those things like No, like um, Stranger Things when they fucking or like all these all these bands releasing their cassette tapes. Cassette tapes? Yeah, like I I have cassette tapes. You know what? They sound like shit. <laughs> they do. Cuz I listen cuz yeah. cuz if you listen to them more than 3 times, they sound like shit. They they just get degraded so fast. Ugh. But, you know, it's it's like records. I'm not into collecting. I'm like I just want to use the stuff. I don't want to collect. See, like I can I can appreciate a record because initially it sounds really good. Mm-hmm. It does degrade over time, but I can appreciate that too because that sort of makes it special every time you listen to it because you're paying in the quality of the sound. Like it's never going to sound that good again. Cassettes don't sound that good to begin with. And I bought a lot of them because the CDs were too expensive and I was poor. Yeah, I bought them because yeah. I didn't have a CD player. As soon as I got a CD player, I only bought CDs. I tried. I tried real hard. I think I had Backstreet Boys on cassette. <laughs> I know I had Savage Garden on cassette. Oh my God. Fuck yeah. Nostalgia. Truly Madly Deeply, guys. Speaking so, of, speaking of love truly songs, madly deeply. <laughs> the Russell Brand love songs. Oh, I, I, I made it back. I made it back. <laughs> All written by Jason Siegel, by the way. Really? Yeah. yeah, he wrote all the he wrote all the original music in the movie. <laughs> and now like that inside of you song, I like that it it's kinda it's perfect for that one moment that's all awkward and dumb when he's dancing and play, yeah. playing it acoustic, but it also actually works as if you if you kinda within the context of the movie it kinda works as a serious love song to bring us into the the credits. <laughs> okay. Because it works. I mean it, Yeah, no, yeah. it it does. It, the songs were pretty funny. I gotta say, I mean Russell Russell Brand, of course, sells sells them, and that's what makes it work. Yes. If he wasn't if he wasn't able to get so like that that that's what that's what I tell that's what I used to tell actors when I would direct them on the rare occasion that I got to direct. I would just be like, look, even if it's silly, even if it's ridiculous, if you commit, you can sell it. If you really commit, and uh, that's what he does, and, and he sells it. That's why I'm not an actor because they all have <laughs> personalities, and I do kind of, but I don't. No, that, that's just it. They don't have personalities. <laughs> they're they're blanks that the director gets the director and the writer get to impose personalities oh, upon. Shit. Oh, good. Then I'm better than them. Fuck those guys. <laughs> but I really like the fucking the 
whatever the Hawaiian version of uh, that that song that those guys are playing at the bar. Oh yeah, which song was that? I I don't remember. That nothing compares to you song. Oh, is that what is that Sinead O'Connor? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's what they're playing, and I. I knew I recognized. Yeah. I knew I recognized it. I just couldn't tell what it was. And that 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 that's it, funny because yeah. he's listening to nothing compares to you earlier yeah, on. When he's when, when he's burning the pictures. And yeah, shit. when he's burning the photos. <laughs> Do you really want to have this conversation? And then, yes, I love that because he has to think about it for a second, but he just wants conflict at that point, just so we can have something to do. Yeah, been I've been there. there. <laughs> at the time this movie came out, I was there. <laughs> I would, I would, I would freak out and like run into the bathroom at work and just have a little meltdown. It's awesome. I went from not being there to immediately being there in the course of opening my Instagram account last night. Yeah, I know. I was actually, I was watching the movie and I'm like, oh shit, I hope he's okay. <laughs> Cause relationship dating's stupid. Well, what's stupid about <laughs> what's stupid is me. That's what's stupid. Cause I, I fall too hard, too fast. I do. I take things seriously when they shouldn't be taken seriously. You should take advice from that pediatrician. <laughs> Just fuck. Fuck everything Stick that moves. Stick your dick in everything that moves. Just wear a condom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is that pediatrician? It is not Harold Ramis. I, he, I, I always think that. Because he kind of looks no, like No, I him. know who the guy is. I, I, he's, he was from WKRP in Cincinnati. I'm so sad that I know that. Because I had, I had to look him up, but he's not in anything that I've ever seen, really. I believe he was in WKRP. Uh, but what is their relationship? What is his relationship to Jason Siegel? Why is he... Is it his father or something? There's nothing in there, not even in the extended cut, about what about why they know each other. He's just talking to this random pediatrician who never shows up again. And he, he I feel they like obviously they cut, know each other. I feel like they cut a huge scene in which this is explained out, and, but you say it's not even in the extended cut. It's uh, Steve Landsberg. Was he in WKRP? Did I get that right? It would be near the bottom. It would be in the 80s. He, early. Was in a, he was in a movie called Blade in 1973. Black Bart. On the Rocks, The Rockford Files, Fish, Barney Miller, Insight, Leader of the Band, Mr. President, 9 to 5, Harry and the Hendersons, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> they made a TV show out of that. Holy shit. No, he's not. Was he in Taxi or no. Head of the... Cl- no, he wasn't in Head of the Class. That, that guy was in WKRP. You've got to walk it like you talk it or you'll lose the beat in 1971 the fuck <laughs> he plays a men's bath him a men's room attendant and then he did this is a breakout role yeah and then he did blade paul sand in friends and lovers what the fuck is that the black bart tv movie when things were rotten he plays a wizard what the fuck let me see let me see your phone for a second <laughs> this is all insane fill, fill this fill the dead air for a second <laughs> just in case anybody is wondering those are not mila kunis's boobs in that picture yeah, I didn't think I didn't think they would be. I, I had a feeling it was Photoshop. But here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. It's actually a good Photoshop. It is. It actually looks like it should be her. And boobs. at the sa- at the same time, big budget movies do shitty Photoshop photos. What is the deal with that? Why why don't they just spend a little bit of extra money? Because I mean, we're talking about this happens in huge budget movies, and you'll see photos that are you know photos of of you know, Robert De Niro or some shit as a kid. And it looks like, it looks like something I could do in MS paint. They're too busy trying to make the giant robots look good. And then they forget. It's like, Oh shit, we forgot to do the picture. I just, I just can't wrap my head around this. Meanwhile, this little micro production was $30 million. The, the photo looks flawless. I honestly, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't be able to tell. The only reason I was able to tell was because 
they showed it more than once and it was and it was not in a, a quick flash i was like oh yeah that's no there's no way that's real yeah her boobs are not that big i don't think <laughs> they might be now after ashton kutcher fucking defiled her and gave her a baby and shit <laughs> You had to go and ruin my woman like that, you motherfucker. You you really like Mila Kunis? I do. She's pretty. I can't stand Mila Kunis. I love her. She's good in some things. Um, she was all right. She was she was all right in this, but most of the things she's in, I just can't stand her in. She's she she can play one particular character pretty well. This one, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and yeah. that's it. That's it. Any whenever whenever she try like a movie that I really enjoy, and I know it gets a lot of shit. You're going to say Max Payne, aren't you? No. No, you were going to say Max, Max Payne. Payne. Okay. Book of Eli. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she is the fucking worst in that movie. She is unwatchably bad. She's, she's also, horrific. She's also opposite Gary Oldman and Denzel Washington. That's, so that's, that's true. Hard. But at the same time, Jennifer Beals fucking rocks it, and she was just eye candy for a long time. <laughs> so Mila Kunis doesn't really have an excuse for, for dropping a deuce in that movie. True. Fair enough. Which she okay. does. But that's why you that's why you watch her in movies like this and Friends with Benefits. Yes. Which Friends with Benefits is a movie that gets shit on often also, but I like that way more than the Ashton Kutcher one. I'm so. sure she's fine in that. It that's the kind of role that she's meant for. She's good she's good in this, she's good in that, she was good in that 70s show. But any any anytime she she isn't playing a modern a modern middle class type or even upper middle class type woman, it just doesn't work. She 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 always feels like a modern middle class like new yorker or something like that who got transplanted into whatever fantasy world she's in i i don't know i didn't watch oz the great and power powerful specifically because she was oh in shit it. that's right she is in that movie that's 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 the entirety of the reason i didn't watch that movie was because she much. was in it because mm-hmm. i love james franco and i love sam raimi <laughs> i saw it in theaters and i think i might have gone to the 3d one i'm not a huge fan of 3d but i'm willing to do it i don't do gimmicks really i don't like 3d it's too much too too expensive and i just just let me watch the fucking movie i just want to watch the movie <laughs> is that wrong i want to sit in those shitty uncomfortable seats i want to eat popcorn that's going to clog my arteries and make me die and i just want to watch a movie speaking of 3d movies we should do Dread eventually. Fuck yes, we should do Dread. Oh, I love Dread. Was, that movie was the shit. Which has nothing to do with this. God damn it, stay on topic. Because I know, I know I that matters so much. Well, <laughs> Paul Rudd. It was a 3D movie, and Oz the Great and Powerful was a 3D movie, and Mila Kunis was in Oz the Great and Powerful, <laughs> and therefore, it is directly related to this movie. Kevin Bacon. Okay, Kevin Bacon's not in any of these movies. No, no, he's too smart for that. <laughs> I did. I do like Paul Rudd in the movie, though. <laughs> For his five minutes in the movie, he's pretty damn funny. And apparently, uh, on the commentary, they'll talk about Paul Rudd and how dumb he is because <laughs> they'd give him the fake fake tan, and then he'd go home and take a shower, and then they'd have to fucking do it all over again. <laughs> but, and they're like, he's a, he's a really good actor, but he's not that smart. <laughs> like, that's so fucking funny. But yeah, he's one of my favorite characters, and he's like, when he asks, "How old are you?" is like, like if I had to, if I had to say, I'd be like forty. You fuck. <laughs> I love that. If I had to put a number on <laughs> yeah. it. And that's good. And then when the, the married couple, the newlywed couple. <laughs> oh my God, that woman is hot. I hate newlyweds, by the way, but yes, she is really pretty. That woman, what is her name? I used to follow her on Instagram. I don't know. She um, is not the person who I always think she is. No, I but, I know who yeah. she, I know who she is. She's uh she's she she actually coming back to Bobcat Goldthwaite, she does a show. Or, or did it anyway a show that I think he directed. I can't remember the name of it, but she was in it. God damn, she is hot. She has a little redhead. Yeah, like she it. was in Accepted. Yes, starring Justin Long. Justin Long. That's it. And I, Jonah Hill. 
And Jonah, oh my God, that's right. Jonah Hill in the Ask Me About My Wiener costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not not a great, movie. not a great movie. But I haven't seen it in so long, but it's one of those that'll make you laugh if you watch it probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you'll laugh. You won't respect yourself in the morning, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you don't always have to respect yourself in the morning. It's, it's a one-time watch when you don't have anything better to do. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. when you don't have anything better to do. But yeah, she's very cute. I I just I like when she walks away and Paul Rudd goes, oh, I wonder if if if, the, if her carpet matches her pubes. <laughs> Rachel's sister is twelve, and we were all we were all sitting in the room, and she happened to be in there while that part was on, and me and Rachel are laughing, and Rachel's like, "That's awful, ha ha ha," and then her sister's like, "I don't get it." <laughs> so of course we had to explain it to her because she's like, and but she's also like Drac the Destroyer. She's like this 12-year-old kid with no fucking grasp on things that are actually funny. Like, she doesn't... She'll well, laugh 12 at 12-year-olds don't... 12, 12-year-olds 12 yeah. have a very strange, unrelatable sense of humor to an adult, I think. I, 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 I can't relate to a 12-year-old sense of humor, and I was 12 once. Yeah, my, we, were, we were probably assholes when we were 12, My too. son, My son's 12. He will, he will laugh uproariously at things I do not get at all. <laughs> For example, the... Asdif movie. I don't know if you've seen that. The what? ASDF Asdif movie. No, I don't it's know. A, that. It's it's a YouTube thing, and it's just fucking weird, man. All and these fucking YouTube guys that don't make content that and my, should, anybody should watch. Keep my son movies. fucking loves that shit. Yeah, my nephew would always talk about Annoying Orange. Let's watch Annoying Orange. I'm like, let's, <laughs> oh, so your son's old school, that. or my, uh, my nephew? Nephew's old school, huh? Yeah, he's twelve. <laughs> But I know he wasn't even alive when Annoying Orange came out. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I, I had him. I had him watch Angry Video Game Nerd. So now he wants to. He because of me. Sorry, sorry, my sister and and brother in law. But he wants to make. He wants to be a rock star and a YouTuber. <laughs> like <laughs> those are all my fault. Oh God. Hey, good news, kid. You can. You can do. You can make be a YouTuber right yeah. now. You requires no further planning look what we're doing we're we're doing stuff we'll be on youtube eventually and you uh, might want to wear a mask but we'll put yeah. a camera right in front of our faces because <laughs> we're not pretty you'll 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 see us for the first time and you'll either be like wow those guys are fucking hot or jesus christ those guys need to shave and get those puby looking beards off their faces i like to think that amelia clark would be all about me because i heard her say i heard her say once that she likes guys with dad bods oh dude we're both there we're I both in. solidly in the dad bod community think we could put her on the rotisserie <laughs> that was very disrespectful i apologize to amelia clark to a, to a, to a little golden gate action eiffel tower the, the oh, high is that, five is that what is that what you call that's it that's what i call it I thought I re- I thought I heard remember it referred to as Golden Gate. But Fist bumping is only allowed if you're plugging a girl from both ends. <laughs> if anybody tries to fucking fist bump me when we're not both fucking the same chick, I will punch you in the balls. Right, right here, man. <laughs> he did it, and now he's not not fucking squirming because I didn't really punch him in the balls because I don't like violence. Everybody. <laughs> Turns out he's a giant pussy. Oh, that's me. That's okay. I'm a giant pussy too. <laughs> I don't want to fight. I just want to watch people fight in movies. <laughs> like to talk a lot of shit and then never do anything about it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It just went from six to midnight. And that's one of my favorite lines in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Hill, of course. Talking this... about talking about Russell Brand. And it was just before any of them were famous. Kristen Wiig shows up. Fucking What? Yeah, she's the yoga teacher. I must have... Oh, that's got to be in the extended version. Did you watch the extended version? Yeah, Is that scene not in the fucking... No. Oh. 
Wow, I did not know that. No, I only that's not in the version. I, I generally only watch the extended version because it's one of those extended versions that actually adds to it. Like that scene where they're at the bar after right after he gets dumped. That goes a little longer. So the jokes are it, it's way funnier. It gets way weirder. Speaking of which, <laughs> June Diane Raphael, one of the, she is super hot. Is that one of is that the chick he takes home? That's the first chick he takes home. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's married to uh, Paul Shear. I'm sorry. What what? Yeah. How? I know, right? Apparently she genuinely likes funny guys. I don't know. Okay. Or she just, you know, she just likes bald dudes. I, I don't know. Alrighty, well, good yeah. on him, I suppose. Paul Shear, her and Paul Shear. I bet he, wait, he bees his you, L all over her T's. Are, <laughs> are you a fan of how did this get made with her, Paul Shear, and Jason Manzukis? That was my first introduction oh. to Jason Manzukis, by the way, who no, plays uh, Rafi in the league, and who played mm-hmm. uh, uh, who played one of the one of the guys who Tommy got his gear from in the Disaster Artist. Oh, yep, yep. I think he isn't he in Brooklyn Nine Nine too. I don't know, but it seems like the kind of show he would show up. Yeah, in. I think I think that's the guy that Rachel's like. Oh, he's in this and this and this, and he does this stuff because we're we're on season four now, so we we just. Oh yeah, you know. see, I I only I only ever saw season one of Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, Although so I got Hulu now because Letterkenny's coming out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And so uh, I'm, I may get caught up on Brooklyn Nine Nine in the interim. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably be talking about Letterkenny because he keeps on fucking talking about oh, it. Oh, we're doing an episode on Letterkenny, motherfucker. And then it'll. It'll it'll come up in every episode like the Power Rangers. <laughs> yep, Letterkenny is my Power Rangers. What I noticed is that that dinner scene near the end, right before they all go home and have sex with each other, which was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yes. By the way, that is one of the best scenes in the movie. Yes, but Bill Hader's point at the beginning when he tells him, "Hey, go to Hawaii," is proven when Sarah is like, "I fucking I don't think I want to live in Hawaii. It's not fun. It's where you escape." Because he said <laughs> every time she came over to our house, she acted like a little bitch. There she goes, acting like a little bitch. So now you're escaping to yeah. escaping to Hawaii. You're you're officially like, yeah, fuck her, <laughs> fuck her really hard. And then then they go home and they do that thing where Jason Siegel and Mila Kunis are having real sex and being all in love and stuff. And then and then she's climbing on Russell Brand and acting like it's the greatest night of her life. And he's like, what the fuck is going on here? And, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that women do that, but I've never actually seen it, and it deeply upset me. <laughs> Perfect, and I love it. And then I, I love the part too where you know the where she gives him a blowjob and he just can't get hard. And I've I've so fucking been there. I've so because the the that girl we ended up hanging out a few times. It was hard to get hard, guys, because I was mad at her. Yeah, I don't know. I I. I... I've heard pe- I've heard people talk about how great revenge sex can be, um, or or like you know angry, yeah, just angry sex. I don't know, man. Like I've never been able I've never been able to connect those dots personally. <laughs> like if I'm mad at somebody, I don't want to be fucking you if I'm angry at you. I don't want to be anywhere near you if I'm angry at you. Yeah, right. And that that's what he says. He's like, well, I didn't have anything to drink today, but maybe it's because you broke my heart into a million pieces, and so my cock doesn't want to be around you anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's I. I can completely relate to that. She licked the tip. <laughs> I will say, okay, okay. Here, here's my here's my one criticism. My my one my one big criticism is just tonally the movie is fairly uneven. Like there's that scene on the rocks on the rock when he's a when he's like he kind of stumbles over and it's funny for a minute and then it suddenly becomes extraordinarily tense. <laughs> 
as I'm thinking, oh my God, if he fell from there, yeah, he would, he would hit those rocks all the way down and probably like shred his face off. And, and then, you know, it's like, so it's like this, it turns into this anxiety scene and then it jumps right back and then it's, and then it becomes romantic when she kisses him. And so, yeah, it's kind of all over the place tonally. So for that reason alone, I don't think I could give it, I, I would have to take points off for that if I were rating it. That is that's that's true actually, and then it's like those couple moments of tense bullshit, and then they're in the water making out. Yeah, when in reality, in reality, that scene in the water, they're still in a lot of danger. I mean, they're right where waves are crashing up against a bald rock face, you know, and like they may have to swim for like half a mile before they reach a spot where they can get out of the water. They shouldn't be fucking around. They should be getting out of that water. Do you think when he leaned in for the kiss, she actually said like, "Oh fuck, I, I'm I'm done. I'm just gonna jump." <laughs> and then and then then she had to pretend like she didn't do that when when she finally made it to the water and she's like i can see your vagina come jump and maybe she hoped that he would smash his face on the rocks <laughs> is this your new fa- is this your fan theory about apparently i just thought i just thought about it <laughs> there it is she's a serial killer secretly that's why she, that's why she that's why she works in a hotel and she keeps hitting on uh, guys at the front desk because then she gets them to take them back to her room and then she kills them and disposes and, of their body in the and maybe ocean. that's the issue with that ex-boyfriend maybe he's trying to keep her from killing everybody maybe he knows the secret shit we figured it out this is actually a horror movie oh my god my heart's palpitating now it ended with them together oh. and it ended with dracula but oh, she shit. was Dracula, and he was the woman. That was the. That's the twist. She will be inside of him. <laughs> yes, there it is. All right, I think your, I think we've covered it, guys. Theory. There you go. What more need be said? If I could sing, I would sing the Inside of You song, but I can't, so I'm not going to. Inside. There of you go. <laughs> He's got it. I don't remember the lyrics. I just remember Inside of You, and that pretty much all I needed. And that weird booty dance that he was doing. <laughs> how can you see when you are blind everybody there was something else that i wanted to say but i don't remember because i keep on doing that off to find the mythical clitoris (laughs) (laughs) jack mcbrayer is he's pretty damn funny in this poor guy that's what jesus that's what too much jesus will get you guys You'll have the you'll have a smoking hot wife, but you won't know what to do with her. And then, if you're lucky, you'll meet a you'll meet a total totally debauched rock star, and he'll teach you everything you need to know that he learned from Katy Perry. <laughs> they weren't together at this point, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't believe they were. Anyways, that's a good that's a good note to go out on. I guess I like this movie <laughs> against the expectation I had entering. I ended up liking it quite a bit. Yes. So I'm glad, I'm happy to report this is not the Heartbreak Kid. This is yes. actually a good movie. Even though the lead character is heartbroken. Yes. Yes. But, yes. He, but he's actually sympathetic, unlike Ben Stiller in the Heartbreak Kid, who I find completely unsympathetic. If you have a, if you, if you have a chance to, to be with Malin Ackerman and you're like, no, I, I, fucking her is so difficult. Just fuck you. Fuck you forever. Yes. <laughs> There we go. That's perfect. Fuck you, Ben all right. Stiller. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she might be a little annoying, but she's hot and she has her tits out all the time. So yeah. All right, guys. Anything else you want to add before we before we run away and cower in our little fucking corners because we feel weird about the things that we're saying? <laughs> 
Ben Stiller, I was only joking. I, I just meant the character. I don't mean you. Please don't kill me. Yeah, we like Ben Stiller as a person. All right, everybody. Now that we've now that we've uh, fucking backpedaled a little bit, <laughs> have fun and stay jossum. Awesome.